Hello, Jane. Hello, Finn. And here we are. We are here yet again. And we were just sitting here just before you press record. And I've just looked at our little crib sheet. And we are appro- fastly approaching our 100th episode, which our is centenary. Our centenary. I feel like that this week. <laughs> okay. So, what are we talking about this week? Well, it's that if you can just sit there, imagine just in front of you, just the image of. Um, somebody, Mystic Meg. Mystic Meg, looking into, for those of you of a certain age, know who Mystic Meg are, some of you might not, looking into the crystal ball. Yes. So we are getting our crystal ball out for Curriculum for Wales by looking at Curriculum for Excellence. And I think that we have a lot of information about where we may be headed. And very recently, we've had a lot of information out from uh, Scotland and it would do us well in Wales to actually scrutinise this with some real depth. Yes. And I think everything that we're referring to are in the footnotes of today's podcast. Yes. So you can go away and have a little look, whether you want to stop yes. the podcast now and go away and have a look and then come back yes. or you want to listen to what we're saying, first of all. But I think this is on the back of um, we've just done three face to face workshops. We've been talking to colleagues from not just here in South Wales but North Wales as well about what's happening up in Scotland mm. and I think it's a really interesting um parallel yeah in a way even though we're lagging you know a good few years behind yeah but it's really interesting to see what is happening and, and the discussions that they're having up there absolutely so the two things that we're going to refer to today which the links are in the footnotes are the Scottish Learning Festival and anyone can just sign up for free and get access to all of the resources up there, which I think is fantastic. So we've been able to look at one um, panel discussion in particular, which we'll talk about in a little mm-hmm. bit more detail in a minute. And also the OECD report on Curriculum for Excellence into the Future, which was the review that was done in uh, June of 2021. Yeah. But before we talk about either of those two things or anything related to it, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. Well, I think we've alluded, we've been on the road, we've had a little road trip this week, which has been great. It's, yes. been, it's been absolutely fantastic driving up through the middle of Wales yes. in the autumn. Yes. You know, with the leaves turning, we've stopped quite a few times and gone, oh, look at that yeah. bit of scenery. I've had a couple of really nice runs on the way you up have, and back. You have, we had a lovely, lovely little trip up to North Wales. We, love, we do love going to North Wales. Um, so we've done our third um, assessment regression and accountability um, event. event. We are now putting on two more in, in Merthyr. We are. Uh, in November due to popular demand yeah um we've been working with our Cumrimini cluster mm-hmm. which was we had a fabulous face-to-face session with them um feels like weeks ago but it was only last week wasn't it yeah um what else have we been doing Finn well um a piece of uh, a webinar that we went to as governors because we're both school governors oh yes I'm um sorry, you're of a secondary school and I'm now of a primary school um, that we went to uh, a an event organised by Social Finance, and we'll talk about that later on in the in the podcast a bit. But it is specifically to do with feedback from people involved in education around the new accountability measures in Wales or the recommendations for the new yeah. accountability. It's getting that crystal ball back out again, isn't it? Absolutely. So that was that was really interesting. But we've also been working with St Mary's Church in Wales. Uh, using the science of learning to underpin curriculum design so there's a body of work going on there as well lots of things yeah it tends to be now that we we're getting more clusters but also schools booking like a program of events yeah. so that we we've, we've got sort of eight weeks with one or you know two terms yeah. with another or maybe even several years I mean some schools we've been working with years now so interesting so 
to set the scene. When we were up in North Wales particularly, but also when we were doing the, the um, assessment progression and accountability sessions down here in Caerphilly, um, we used um, some information from James McEnany's book, um, The Truth About Scottish mm -hmm. Schools, which you've done a podcast on before, and um, some of the information that we see coming out of Scotland and our work with schools mm -hmm. in Scotland, because we do work with quite a lot of schools up there, um, about where... The curriculum has gone because they've had the curriculum now since 2010 so a good 12 years yes. and obviously it's been around since before then mm -hmm. because they kind of had a quite slow implementation like a soft launch uh process squidgy launch <laughs> yeah okay so it's been around in some format for around about 20 years and they're now at this point they are um they're having a national conversation, which is how they started with curriculum for excellence right back in the in the early days about reforming their curriculum. Yeah, because I think they've got to a point, and I know we've had discussions with many colleagues up in Scotland about where they're going with with curriculum for excellence, and mm -hmm. I think they're beginning to realise that things aren't quite what quite where they wanted it to be. It wasn't the vision that that, that they had mm -hmm. back in twenty thirteen isn't quite where they are. No. They're not there yet. And I think this idea of reflecting and looking back at what they're doing is a really important one. And the one thing we were talking about lunchtime today was how refreshing it was that not being part of the Scottish education system, yeah. how accessible yeah. all of this conversation is. Because yeah. you don't get that here in Wales unless you're part, you're on the inside. Absolutely. And I think that it shouldn't just be people who are on the inside mm. who have access to this information mm. because it's it's incredibly useful information for here us in wales yeah. if you think about all of the things that are happening within education in wales it would be incredibly useful information for for uh, people outside of the school system yeah. and i'm talking about parents and, yeah, and governors, learners yeah, themselves yeah. well governors are part of it but you know organizations who are supporting schools you know we have a private sector in in wales yeah. that do a number of different roles and i think it would be really useful for that private sector to improve in order to have that yeah. um, that information rather than just complaining about the fact that the private sector are not doing what they should be doing yeah. well why not make yeah. the information yeah. accessible so yeah it was very refreshing but I think the um, the fact that Scotland just 12 years after full implementation are already talking about reform should really be ringing alarm bells yeah and, and, I, and I know we've we've had the message from Welsh government that yes we're looking at Scotland but we're learning from what Scotland are doing and we're making sure that we're not making those same same mistakes although we haven't actually heard no that no quite no, a not, while. no we haven't because I but I really do feel that we are heading in that direction and just be very very careful about we can learn a lot okay so if we can learn from the mistakes that are, are happening or have already happened up in Scotland by the end of this podcast, yeah. You, yeah. you should all, you are listeners, you should all know whether these things maybe, are Maybe it's happening. not so much, maybe a mistake is a, is a, is a, not quite the right word to describe it, but it's, it's learning from the journey that they've had. And I think maybe things have evolved over this period of time and it hasn't taken it in the right direction, but it's quite right that, you know, they are stopping to say, hang on a minute let's look back and see where we are and let's just check that where we said we were going that's where we are heading 
Okay, and I think maybe rather than calling it a mistake, talking about unintended consequences. Yes, that's better, isn't it? Because obviously the vision for education in Scotland is very, very similar to the vision yeah. for education in Wales. And, you know, it's the kind of uh, vision that I think most people <laughs> would buy game. into, you know, confident, capable individuals, yeah. ethical, informed citizens and so on. They in, in Scotland, there are the four capacities. In Wales, there are the four purposes, but they are so similar as to have very very little that you could say was different okay so um first of all let, let's look at the oecd report and as you say the the link to that report is actually in the um in the show notes and we're going to work from the summary of um the key findings in the executive summary but also the recommendations and i think what's interesting when you look at the oecd report is that whilst the kind of the headings for the recommendations and the headings for the key finding say one thing when you actually read the summary underneath they're saying something slightly different so they might be saying reassess mm. the vision mm. but actually what they mean is something just very slightly different and i think that i mean that's a that's a poor example because actually the headline and the underneath is, is pretty much the same <laughs> but th in terms of vision they're talking about reassessing the vision and adjusting it for the needs now. And I think that that is not so much about that life has changed dramatically in 12 years, but it's more about, well, you had this vision for what Curriculum for mm. Excellence was going to do. And the model of the curriculum that you've got hasn't done those things. Why hasn't it done mm. those things? Do you need to, I, I get the feeling, you know, it's not so much about changing the vision for what it should do because I think that that's still probably be the, the same I although think we've had COVID in between so maybe that might have skewed it slightly but it, you'd still expect the vision yeah so you know how much how much can Scotland have changed in 12 years in yeah. terms of you know the the key areas mm. where learning mm. needs to happen I think it sounds a little bit more like what they're saying is does the curriculum for excellence model still deliver on the vision that you had and actually maybe it's it the fit? model itself yeah that vision for the model of education yeah. and the curriculum that forms that model that that actually needs to change because as we know with curriculum for excellence and curriculum for wales we have a curriculum model that has variation baked into it mm. it is a model that demands variation well, and that's one of still one of the main worries and concerns. We always ask that that cherry of a question. Yeah. But every time we do a session, what are your worries and concerns around curriculum for Wales, particularly assessment, when we'd be looking yeah. at it? And that that idea of variation, consistency, consistency from school to school and Standards. across Wales is one that comes out time after time after time, and it's still there. Absolutely. And I'm sure if we asked in Scotland, yeah, they they it come would be up exactly the same thing. thing. I mean, this is the thing that in. Um, in the OECD report, they bring out the uh, worry about equity of provision. And what they're basically saying there is that, you know, a child in school A is getting a very yeah. different education to a child yeah. in school B. And it's down to what's in the curriculum yeah. and how children access that curriculum. And I think when we think about the kind of the history of where both Curriculum for Wales and Curriculum for Excellence have come from, they've come from a reaction against a highly prescriptive yeah. very very full curriculum so the, the the purpose of the curriculum was to provide freedom and autonomy and the opportunity to have a variation in the curriculum yeah. 
but I think we've gone so far down the kind of we've gone from one extreme line. to the other. We've gone from prescription, yeah, right the way across to, to variation, variation, and we need to bring it back, yeah, and find that middle ground that enables some element of prescription, but there is also that element of flexibility, vari- flexibility. enough to to yeah. vary. It needs to be a flexible curriculum, doesn't it? Not not yeah. a, not a, yeah. a wide and. Well, absolutely. And I think this is what they're talking about when they're talking about vision, that they want teachers to have autonomy. They. Yeah. Teachers should have autonomy, enough autonomy to be able to respond to people's needs, but not so much autonomy that Very, you know, yeah. the variability yeah. is is therefore makes it impossible to un- to yeah. know the standards the, or know whether things the are var- The variation is is has become a problem and you know what was really interesting and i'm just going to jump ahead here just to talk about who was on the panel for the um, scottish learning festival discussion the title of the discussion was scotland's curriculum where should we go now and i'm just going to pick out there were there were uh, a number of head teachers one from early years one from secondary and one from primary there was somebody who was at what they called a dual registered teacher. So taught in both primary and in mm-hmm. secondary schools. And there was an academic who had a specific focus on Dr. Marion Burns, who had a specific focus on transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was also Prof- Professor Mark Priestley, obviously, who's uh, one of his from the University of Stirling, who's one of his main concerns is curriculum making. And he's done a lot of work down here in Wales yeah. as well. We had Bruce Robertson, who's rector of Berwickshire High School for those of you in Wales that is head teacher of Berwickshire High School Um, but we also had Rob Huben who is a speaker and educator who comes from the Agora schools and the Agora schools he's Dutch and I I feel that there are a number of Agora schools around the world but I think that they're mainly in the Netherlands yes Scandinavian areas isn't it and this is a school system that has received quite a lot of research from the OECD and it's a school system that is described on their website as a school without classes, without classrooms and without a curriculum. And it's it's in I'm, an, I'm breaking out in a sweat <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> no, I don't. It's a, an entirely personalised assessment. And he described it as it's, you know, you you observe the teacher as observer, observing the child and giving them what you think they may need at a time when they may need it. And if they turn it away and say, no, I'm not interested in that, then that's the teacher's fault for not either providing it at the right time or not providing it in quite the right way. Very much based on their interests. Yes, yes. So entirely pupil-led, entirely pupil-led learning. And I just thought it was really interesting that they should have someone on the panel because this whole thing was organised by the Scottish government, that they should have someone on the... panel who's so far outside the mainstream sector they are not even from the same country and the fact that they're not even from the mainstream from an international they are on the fringes Mm. from an international perspective but there wasn't anyone on on the panel either that represented the complete opposite view of a prescriptive no curriculum no i mean bruce robertson is more towards the other end in that he is um, focusing on, you know, specificity and outlining what the core content yeah, core, should be. But not everything. It's core. not everything, though. No. Mm-hmm. But you're right. They didn't have someone from England, say, mm-hmm. who was right the other end. So I think it was, I felt it was a little unbalanced. Mm-hmm. I felt there was a little bit 
a little bit more from the kind of personalized child-led yeah. end than from the other end but that's kind of a, as an aside so going back to the OECD report first thing they talked about was vision so reassessing the vision and actually reading between the lines that suggests reassessing potentially the curriculum model because the other things they said was knowledge their actual words were reassessing its role but when you look at what they talk about when they talk about knowledge mm -hmm. they're talking about what is it that pupils need to know there's not clear enough guidance for teachers in in the actual curriculum guidance as to um, how to select and sequence and knowledge. Have we heard that before yes um that the equity of provision was an issue that the they weren't sure that what knowledge um, was being included in the curriculum, that there was um, there were issues around transition mm -hmm. and the coherency between what was happening at primary and what was happening at secondary. Yeah. And they're talking about knowledge as part of that. So it sounds like from what they're saying in the OECD report that actually they're suggesting and it does say this, actually, one of the recommendations is a common base of knowledge yeah which which seems to be that we've got the english the curriculum in england is kind of highly specified descriptive yeah. the curriculum in wales and scotland is right the it's other, other end. end but it sounds like scotland are actually moving closer to yeah. england but not all the way yeah. but saying that we need to have a we need to have that core yeah, well, this is the OECD. But, but that, has, that has been a conversation, particularly on Twitter, ever since Curriculum for Wales was um, put out and we, you know, you start, we started working it. There was yeah. lots of people on Twitter saying, well, we need to know certain things. And is there a place for mm. this core, these core elements of knowledge in, in the AOLE so that we've got something that we have got that commonality across Wales and that consistency? Yeah. And, you know, if you're working at secondary school and you're working in a subject and thinking, right, what should I start with at Key Stage 3? You can have a fairly good um, idea of what has happened at primary school and what knowledge they will yeah. have and what, or yeah. what knowledge they should have learned and what yeah. knowledge they won't have met yet. And we know at the moment we do have prescription but as soon as they hit year 10 and they look at GCSE specs. Absolutely. We'll come on to that in a minute. So there's this common base of knowledge and they do mention in part in that a common base of knowledge skills mm. and attitudes but mm -hmm. really a lot of that is knowledge it's maybe it's declarative knowledge knowing that or maybe it's uh, procedural knowledge knowing how uh, and attitudes progress progress was mentioned in the oecd report what they were recommending was that there should be clear indicators which could be used to measure pupils progress towards the four capacities and I think this is something that came up in our workshops again and again. I mean, it was the whole section in the middle is how do you measure the progress of pupils? Because in Wales, we have well, to have this, against the four capacities, all the four purposes. Yeah, because we have to have this shared understanding of progress. But to understand what progress is, what it looks like, how the pace is, whether it's expected pace or you know, below or above expected pace, we need to have some kind of measure against which we can um, evaluate yeah. how it's going. You can be measured against the same thing. Well, exactly. How do you know if someone's tall or <laughs> not tall? You need to know what tall looks like. Yeah. And it's the same with progress. And in comparison to. 
Yes, exactly. So having being able to measure progress requires an indicator. And the OECD had made the recommendation to Scotland for Curriculum for Excellence that they mm -hmm. include clear indicators, which will be used um, to measure pupils' progress. Yeah. That would be interesting to see what they, if they do good in that line, what those are going to look like. Absolutely. And then we have the whole discussion around assessment and the the final you really have to read the between the lines in the OECG report they talk about assessment a lot but they're talking about assessment in the higher the higher well, year talk groups. about summative aren't they they're talking about yeah. they're talking about exams they're talking about yeah. hires and they're talking about nationals and they're talking about those final terminal examinations and they're talking about how um, because they are outcome based because they they create quantitative data mm -hmm. because they're summative that there is a washback effect into the rest of the curriculum. Yeah. Now I know that we are having um, a, that uh, consultation process. Yeah, the discussion going on. has started. The discussion yeah. has started here already, but and we'll get on to what they talked about in the. Um, I can, can I just add in there though, if you haven't on. have if you haven't done your feedback to Qual Wales, please do go on our Twitter feed and we've, we've tweeted the link for you to do that feedback. Things Absolutely. Really Have your say. So they're, they're talking about that there needs to be a change in assessment in higher levels to match the curriculum for excellence ethos. Yeah. And of course, we are looking at that in in that, Wales as we see. That's interesting as well, though, isn't it? Because this has been in place in, in Scotland for so, so long and still they're talking about that they haven't managed to match yeah, and, the and, two together. Well, and to give Wales... Their due mm. that it's, it's early, actually it? yeah. yeah we're having that conversation now so that yeah. certainly is one way that wales have learned from scotland and they're making changes before it becomes let's hope too much of a problem okay so the other another recommendation was to make sure that professional learning support for teachers is improved mm -hmm. so that they know what they're doing and they, there was quite a lot of discussion on that on the panel and we'll get to that in a second but i think so 12 years after implementation in Scotland, they're saying the professional learning isn't good enough. And we are in the situation in Wales where, I mean, we've got the, the new um, Pan Wales website um, from Consortia where everything is available. But again, you know, Central South had a, uh, didn't they have a, some kind of learning festival? Yeah, that was, well, that was last but that year. But that was behind yeah, a paywall yeah. or not paywall, behind From a password. You know, and and there's there's been various different projects that have been run. They've had various different speakers in mm -hmm. um, and the places have been limited. Not everyone's been able to access it. And I think that we are quite a long way yeah. from there was, really effective there and was, wide. And I know Welsh Government are putting things in place to try and address that that mm. variation again mm. that we've got across ourselves. But I know one of the big, big conversations we were having with not just one school, but many schools from up in up north was this idea that the feeling that schools down south mm. were that much further ahead with curriculum for Wales because they perceived that the professional learning down south was much more varied when there was much more of it. Yes, and it was much higher quality. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a really interesting concept because what we hear from some schools down south is that it's available, but then when they access it, it, it's not what they needed because it, it didn't address what yeah, they actually it's got to needed. Be specific, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is it. And I think just, just to take an aside for a second, because 
obviously we think about professional learning a lot and we think about professional learning in the context of curriculum for Wales a lot. I can attest to that because we've just spent four hours in the car <laughs> driving from here to North Wales just talking <laughs> about professional, about professional learning. learning. Yeah. That was up and down. <laughs> and obviously, you know, as, as any um, person who's concerned about progress is, you look at what other people are doing, you look at what developments other people are making and, and what else is out there and, you know, what that how that impacts on what you're doing and you think about things. And what we're seeing at the moment is we're seeing a the rise of these very professional packages that are pre, pre-created, they're pre kind of, they, they're quite sort of textbooky, aren't they? So they're, they're sort of textbook approach where they're, that it's all the inflexible thing. Yeah. Okay. And well, this is the thing because I think the elements, the individual elements of them are very interesting. They're very well researched, but there's just something about them that you think, yeah, but how would I use them? And I think when you've got a program that is a kind of, you start here and you you finish there, it's going to take you eight weeks and you've got two hours per week and you've got to just, just do it. It, it just feels like it's not going to address what you, you're always constantly thinking about how is this going to work for me in my setting isn't it yeah and I know that you know when we look at inquiry inquiry professional learning inquiry is all about identifying a problem that you need to fix and we've all been in classrooms where you're losing sleep over it um thinking how can I make sure that they yeah. get that? Or why are they not getting this? I'm, or what is it about the teaching that's going on here that's not hitting the mark? Or why can I not manage that particular class? And you want a solution to that thing. Mm. That might then lead you on to other things. Yeah. And you might have to look back at you know related skills, competencies mm-hmm. that you have. But it needs to be just like learning for a child in the classroom. You wouldn't just say, right, well, you know, Joe, you're gonna, you go. you've got eight weeks, yeah. you're just going to learn this. And even if it's taking different elements of modules and putting them yeah. all together, it has to be done in a way that makes sense for the individual learner and that is adaptable, yeah. bespoke and tailored, just like the new yeah. buzzwords from Welsh Government. Well, we, we, don't, we don't put pupils into, in, into interventions. No, that we shouldn't. aren't specific. Yeah, we shouldn't that address. I think that's exactly the same solution. And I think there is also an element of you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. That if you see something that's going on down there that looks really fantastic, I, I, you know, I want to be part of that and see what it is. And it's having that time and the space to think about what is it you actually need? Is it going to do what I want it to do? Yes, because time is really valuable. So why spend eight weeks on something when, you know, only there's only going to be a couple of hours that are yeah. really relevant yeah. to you? OK, so. That's that aside. We bang that drum every week, so we, we come back to that. <laughs> we do. Okay. So another recommendation from the OECD report, and surprise, surprise, it was simplified policy. And the reason that they were talking about simplified policy is they described it as policy fatigue, which, aka, change yeah, fatigue. I think we've all been there. Yeah, I think we're in, in the middle of that, aren't we? Yeah, and particularly post-COVID, there's just so mm-hmm. much going on. There's changes to curriculum there's changes to assessment there's the ALN reform that's going on we've got all the the IDPs that need to be changed and then there's changes of the changes that you don't actually know have been changes because you can't identify in the new document what's been changed yeah yeah so in terms of supporting teachers to um to create a um, a local curriculum that really works for the children in their school 
when we're talking about workload, we could talk about delaying some things or maybe removing yeah. some things or putting some things on the back burner to give them the time that they need to do that. And that's the next thing. Uh, this was an interesting re um, review that, um, point that came out, recommendation that came out from OECD. They were talking about room fencing time for teachers to plan, assess and moderate curriculum for excellence. Yeah. And in fact, that one's already been addressed because the Scottish government gave teachers did, yeah. additional non-contact yeah. time. And that's, that's so yeah. much um, more effective a response than an additional inset day. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't, you need a small block of time, but on a regular basis to keep things moving for, for progress. Yeah, progress. If we're talking progress in curriculum design, you don't sit down on a day and do it. No, tick, done, move on. No. So the, the final recommendation that we're going to mention, there are a few others that were kind of less relevant for today. So please do go and have a look at that um, report. But the final one we're going to mention today was the, uh, the recommendation to reintroduce sampled assessment to measure the impact yeah. of curriculum for excellence on learning. And I, I emphasise reintroduce. Yeah. We talked about that last week, though, didn't we, when we were looking at the outcomes from the policy um, social finance uh, webinar that we right. sat in on. We talked about this idea of having these sampled assessments. We talked about it on our workshop. We didn't talk about oh, it on thought, the podcast. I thought we did. Oh, I, did you know, I can't remember. I, can't, I think we did. Then. Okay. If we didn't, then maybe we'll do it in another one. But if we did, go back and listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just the idea that um, the only way of uncoupling assessment from accountability is to anonymise it. Yeah. And, and we know that that is a recommendation from um, social finance for Welsh Government for curriculum yeah. for Wales whether they take them up on that we'll, we'll have to see mm -hmm. but okay so let's talk about the panel discussion in the Scottish mm. Learning Festival because I think it was really interesting to hear the range of views the way in which they were talking about it 12 years on what are they struggling with why are they struggling with it and we would heartily recommend you go and have a listen yeah. to this conversation it was it was quite interesting wasn't it it is very interesting because it that conversation could have been happening here oh yeah because it's exactly the same conversation that we're having mm. around the idea of knowledge and how much prescription and what's needed and and, and can I just sort of make <laughs> a, a a point here that the reason that it's a very very similar conversation is because the the similarity between Scotland and Wales is twofold really is we have a similar culture you know it's, it's, we're a similar sized country yeah. with similar rural but urban yeah. issues you know the spread and the fact that we are a devolved nation mm -hmm. and that we're very very small in comparison yeah. with the whole of the UK but the other similarity is the curriculum model well it's the same person yeah and we so were actually asked that question that. on one yeah. of our workshops how similar is <laughs> curriculum for excellence and curriculum for wales you know it's it's got six areas of learning they call them something not quite different. the same as ours but they are yeah more or less the same they've got four capacities we've got the four um purposes purposes they've got experiences and outcomes we've got descriptions of yeah. learning they've got you know statements of what matters we have the statements yeah, of what matters vision. In yeah. fact, we're doing lots of work with schools so yeah. scottish schools at the moment on refining their curriculum vision yeah so if you want to find out 
the issues with our curriculum model that we are implementing now in Wales, it's Scotland that yeah. is has experienced these issues, concerns over 12 years. And the first thing they talked about, uh, they were asked the question, um, you know, how how much do you feel that the current situation is reflected in the OECD report? You know, how accurate do you feel it is? And the one thing that they picked up on was data, the use yeah. of data, the, you know, reporting that data, the accountability, terminal exams, you know, the, the whole sort of using quantitative data. But it's, but it's data at that top level. Yeah. And it seems to be that it's forgetting that underneath all of that, there are children. Yes. attached to each of those yeah. percentages that we're talking around and I think yeah. that seems to be lost not from the, the head teacher's perspective because no. I think at that level yeah. yes it is but I think as soon as it starts to go higher we're forgetting that there's children seated under, under that absolutely and I think that there obviously there is there are uh, plans afoot to start to change that system which is a really good yeah. thing in Wales and and some of the recommendations from uh, social finance that will be made to the minister in the coming weeks will help with that if those recommendations are fully implemented but what we're hearing from Scotland is that data is dominating the success of curriculum for excellence and that 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 challenge is something that they're struggling with and I think it's Mm -hmm. it's whilst there are some recommendations from social finance to the minister that will help with this it's still something that Wales is going to be yeah. challenged by yeah. and I think the reason that it's going to continue to be a problem is because um what happens next for learners what happened next for pupils for children young people isn't going to change you know no. university entrance well, a levels you know are the first step in, in that isn't it with they're still being capped or there's still this that's still fixed yeah and until that starts to change it's really going to England aren't, aren't changing their system no. You know, if you want a job, your employer will say, well, how many GCSE passes have you got mm. or what grades have you mm. got? If you want to get into university, you need a certain number of A-levels. If you want to go to an apprenticeship, yeah. you'll be asked, you know, have you got maths and English GCSE? It, none of that is going to change. So whilst it's a good idea to look at the final assessment system, you know, the GCSEs, how much leeway does Welsh Government yeah really have if we want to retain the portability of those qualifications yeah and that was a discussion right back when we were looking at reforming GCSEs wasn't it Mm. about that they have to be portable yeah particularly in this day and age where you know there is lots of travel and and, you know people are remote working from all over the world not just within this country so I think it is important that we look at that portability yeah but then how do we balance that with Okay, what we're trying to do here. And I just wanted to mention something in particular here, because um, this is from the OECD report that assessment should be final assessment should be looked at in order to reflect the ethos Mm. of curriculum Mm. for excellence better. So um, that's in theory, that's all very well and good. But, you know, Scotland doesn't exist as a nation entirely on its own. It exists in um, relationship to the nations it sits around. So uh, Scotland in relationship to England. And Professor Mark Priestley, who has a lot of theoretical understanding of all of this process, he's also talking about um, suggesting a wider assessment system, such as um, the one that's used in British Columbia. So obviously, instantly, we went off, we had a look at what happens in British Columbia. 
And what they've got in British Columbia is they have a graduation system where you have to um, gather a certain number of credits yes. before you graduate. You, before yeah. you graduate. And the credit system, there's 80 credits that you need in order to graduate. 52 of those have to be core subjects. Mm -hmm. So literacy, numeracy, science, yeah. a language, various other things. Within that, you can do various different types of course. So you could do algebraic mathematics or you could do, I don't know, uh, languages of science, you know, all kinds of things. So there's potential variation within that. But you can also, if you're remaining, I think it's 28, yeah, I've got the right, 28 <laughs> credits, you can, what they're called is, um, you know, sort of elective credits where you choose. Like options, isn't it? Really? Yeah, options. Yeah, yeah. But you can also have um, external credits, so things like career development and things like that. Yeah. And actually, that sounds like a it's really, really yeah. nice thing. And I think that whilst that is sounds like a really great idea, what if we've got children who are leaving school? And let's not forget Wales is a nation of 3.19 million in comparison with 56 million in, in England who want to work in England and they've got you know GCSE credits or whatever yeah. and they've got you know the Welsh back it's all about the um credibility of those qualifications beyond and yeah. um, the nation but, and with with people within the nation as but well but also on a on a much more individual level is that again it's like options at, at secondary school isn't it it's whatever the school can offer. Yes. And you will have some schools being able to offer a much broader yeah. variety of those options. Yeah. And then you're going to have some schools that are going to be very limited. Yes. And, you know, and again, we're bringing in, you know, is that is equi it equitable? Is it equitable? Yeah. So you, especially in Wales where we've got, especially in North Wales, we've got some secondary schools that are very, very small because they, they um, yeah. operate in a rural area and they don't have the breadth of teaching um, yeah. opportunities within within the school so it does whilst the model of final assessment in British Columbia seems like a really good idea I think in practice yeah. we'd it'd still only be a compromise and I would. think the qualification reform process and consultation that is going on at the moment yeah. in Wales they're they're talking about a move away from a single focus on terminal examination to it looks like coursework or some kind yeah. of credit system or something. But so, then we bring into the whole, you know, closing the gap. How fair is that? That conversation, the yeah. old chest that comes back around again. And and I know that's bubbling again around about uh, our qualifications here in Wales. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at um, mm. what happened during COVID mm. and how teacher assess grades and, you know, the research behind yeah. teacher assessment being much more subjective and therefore you have a greater possibility of um, disadvantaging the already disadvantaged yeah. through teacher assessment, mm. which is why we got rid of um, coursework in the first place. You know, it's, yeah. we keep going round and round in circles and it, it'll go to one, one end discussion yeah. and then it'll come back to the other. And I think this just keeps going round and round and round and no one really seems well, to. It, it's like to people it down, say, you know, it? cycles. We've all it seen is. the cycles in education. Yeah. And there's something discussion we had in our, in our workshops is that, there are these points of tension yeah. in education because education, teaching, it's really, really complex. Yeah. It's not something that you can just divide into five yeah. parts and go, look, they're all really clean yeah. and divided and they're, they're really well clarified. It's 
it's really, really complex. And there is often not a single clear solution that there are, you know, you get two There's sides not, of an argument yeah. and there are bits from both sides that are really effective. And it's, it's thinking about what's the best compromise that will provide the best experience yeah. for children. But there's this attitude, isn't it, that as soon as something is seen not to be working, it's got to be changed. Yes. And let's let's give things time to embed. And then there was that, I can just remember when I started teaching, I was told by some of the, my colleagues who've been teaching, oh, don't wait, it'll be it'll change again in seven years. I said, every seven years, it'll, yeah. it'll come back around again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so true. If anybody who's been teaching, yeah. you know, 20, 30 years, you go look back and think, oh, here it comes again. Yeah. And you can see it. And I, and I think that's something we just really got to be careful against. And Well, and I think that we need to openly uh, and explicitly discuss that and say, well, why is it that we've got this cyclical approach to education? Why is it that we veer from one side to the other? Why can't we have this uh, a more centrist view yeah. of education where we take a little bit yeah. from the best of both sides of the argument? Yeah. Let's give things time to embed, yes. develop and really make a difference. OK, so um, one of the interesting points that I think we can take from the panel discussion was not necessarily something they said, but it was the discussions that they had kind of fall under... A, a heading and it was the lack of clarity about what learning actually is yes or um, how it happens well I was quite surprised at this because here we are 13 14 years into curriculum for excellence and they still haven't come to that agreement about what learning is and how learning happens no and we had various different children learn by doing yeah Children learn through content. Yeah. Children, children learn through lead, deep thinking. Children lead the learning. Children we lead that the one, learning. Yeah. Okay. So, in terms of a sense of clarity of what learning is, how it happens, how it can be supported by effective teaching, I, I didn't feel. And given that this is a um, a panel discussion organised by Scottish government with invited panelists from a a, a varied but possibly a little bit skewed background it felt like this was not representative yeah of the the whole profession I think that the I don't know but, I mean it's but, really but difficult to say if, what the whole profession but surely feels. if you're looking at any sort of curriculum model or mm. curriculum design that you really need to take it back to the basics and think about okay how does learning happen and what what is learning yeah and let's start from there. Let's all get to that some sort of agreement that we all understand how it happens. And then let's develop our curriculum okay. model around that. Yeah, because, you know, just just saying if learning is doing, then yeah. uh, no matter what you do, you'll learn. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. OK, so um, also the, there was a so there was a lack of clarity on the panel or a lack of agreement consensus on the panel as to how learning happens. But there's also, there seemed to be a lack of consensus as to what a curriculum was. Yes. And, and therefore, what children should be learning in yeah. Curriculum for Excellence. Yeah. You know, was it a, a knowledge-based curriculum? Was it a skills-based curriculum? Yeah. Was it learner-led? Yeah. Was it teacher-led yeah, with children influence? I mean, and I think, you know, those discussions, oh my gosh, they're still happening. But I, I feel that in these discussions there needs to be a vision 
Okay. And that vision should come from um, the leaders within Wales. And by that, I mean, essentially from Welsh government, mm -hmm. you know, this is their vision for curriculum for Wales. Therefore they should be quite clearly setting out for teachers, what learning is, how it happens, what yeah. curriculum is and how teachers should be developing all those things. Yeah. You know, what, what's the point of leadership if you're not leading um, people's understanding? Anyway. And it, well, it's because we've, we've gone down the road of practitioner-led. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's just off you go. Crack yeah. on. It's discovery learning. It is. It, it is. is discovery. So we yeah, are being quite negative today, aren't we? But I think we well, just... Well, no. It's just, just very... I, I think what we're doing is we're saying, look, this is, this is the, the reality problem. of the situation in Scotland. And this is this is what teachers in yeah. Scotland are saying. And they have recognized 12 years down the line that things are not where they want them to be. They've had an independent review from the OECD. Yeah. And I say the word independent advisedly uh, come in and say, you are not where you need to be. These are the things that you need to do in order to move forward. So they're having an honest, reflective yeah. discussion yeah. and evaluative discussion on well, what more do we need to do and this is what this this whole that, conversation was about where should we go just now? to go back to that though I, I think you're right it, it it's a ref it's refreshing to sit in and listen to this really open yes. really honest yes discussion and I think what would be I've made a note of thinking about because Wales has had a couple of OECD reports yes and it might be worth going back to the latest one yeah, that they wrote for Wales. Yeah, and having another and having a look and digging a little bit deeper in comparison well, to this one. Now, can I just suggest that we have a Welsh learning festival that is open yes. to everybody in that Wales? That would be great, wouldn't it? That we have a national conversation about how to make curriculum for Wales, Wales a mm. success. Let's not leave it till it's already gone wrong and we're not happy yeah, with yeah. it, and someone's told us we need to change. Let's do it now whilst we still have the opportunity to change. So. The other thing that, uh, another thing that um, was mentioned, and this is something that came up on our workshops again and again, um, transition. And the, the, yeah. the thing that was causing transition a problem was that with a baked in variation mm -hmm. to Curriculum for Wales, that secondary schools were struggling to know what had been learned, that there was no co yeah. coherence or consistency of prior learning or knowledge. And I think this was reflected in uh, Bruce Robertson's um, description of, um, you know, if we have a lack of specificity, mm -hmm. and specificity was his word, um, at, um, of knowledge, skills and experiences, this leads to a fragmented curriculum. And he quite rightly yeah. pointed out, if you don't know what's been learned before, and this happen, can happen within a yeah. school as well as across schools, at you know when children it move schools yeah, not just, they've moved house or when they interface is it yeah you'll get unnecessary repetition but you'll also get gaps that are not filled yeah and but we shouldn't be in that situation well it's building on sand isn't it yeah it is because that's what you do and and you know one of the solutions to this and, and bruce quite rightly pointed out that there is a solution to this that you have a common core content yeah that is small enough that it still allows for flexibility yeah. the core things that you really do need to know okay so we sat down as we often do on a thursday or a friday and we had our curry half and a half and then we were actually talking about this and we were saying one of the issues with this though is that nobody wants to be the person who <laughs> yes. says 
Oh, we'll just leave out that one. We just don't do that author. And it's really, really hard to say, well, it's it's really, really hard to stop. Yeah. You know, when you start saying, well, they've got to learn this, is knowing when to stop. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest bit yeah. is, is to say, yes, Because it's well, all valid, because it's all important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is there a, a published author who is not worth studying? I would say no. You, you know, yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. something so, you yeah. can take from yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But which ones are in the canon? That's really, yes. really difficult. But we need somebody who's going to... We need somebody, someone, or some organization or some decision that will enable enable someone to make a first pass at yeah. what should everybody know? Yeah. What should everybody be able to do? What should everybody have the experience of? And I think lots of schools are, you know, like the, the school up in North Wales we worked off, which had 11 experiences before the age of 11, which was a lovely idea. Yeah. You know, we've had other people saying, well, you know our vision is confident capable individual so this is this is idea but why why have we got everybody having to do that yeah so let's have one okay so because that would help the next one which is about making and creating the time oh, to be able to do that this is this is one of the things i really really hate mm. i just like to stop for a second and say let's all take a moment to make some time yeah <laughs> how do you make time it's it's like it's like an oxymoron. You cannot. No. I am not able to. I can't. You make cannot time. make time stand still while you get that done. Whatever you you're trying yeah. to do. No, it's a metaphor. You have to for get stopping doing something, something else. else. Yeah. And the other thing that just just to link with that, there was a head teacher on the panel who was talking about um, making time for curriculum design. Yeah. How important curriculum was. And he commented, he said that um, what was needed now is that head teachers of schools stopped doing um, certain school improvement priorities on their school improvement plan in order to make time for curriculum. And it's exactly what, you know, Dylan William talks about is is stopping doing good things so you can do better things. But we know that curriculum and assessment are not high on the list in terms of closing the disadvantage gap. So if you're stopping making sure all of your children can read effectively before they leave school in order to create a curriculum, is that really a good swap? Well, your school priorities should be your curriculum, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really difficult one. But we've got we're in a situation where we've been given the curriculum as the thing that we need to do. And it's going to take a lot of time, but but we're having to take away better from better things potentially in order to do that. But an extra inset day is not going to do it again no and mark Priestley, professor mark Priestley, quoted some research and i'm quoting his words exactly (laughs) he said there was some new research in from the netherlands that that talked about for every hundred hours of development time just one hour of curriculum content was created that's scary that is very scary okay so when we talk about and you know this is a problem that comes up just all all the time time is an issue and well nothing's going to change unless we solve no. that but it's problem. from a school's position as well isn't it everything they do you know we're talking about maybe stopping doing some things to get other things done but whatever a school does one of those priorities or one of those things is important or a priority for someone yes yes so it's how do you balance, how do you manage your, how do you manage that? Yes. And, and you know, we were talking about the um, professional learning entitlement in Wales. I love the fact that <laughs> uh, Welsh Government have chosen to call it an entitlement when 
actually it doesn't entitle you to anything or you know it doesn't provide the time or space yeah. for you to actually access that yeah. oh, all no, it does schools have to find the time for it well they have to create the time you have to create the time okay yeah. right um so th- there wasn't consensus over whether curriculum for excellence is child-led or child-centered you know we we had and i think we had a really interesting discussion after this you had uh people from early years yeah um saying it needed to be about experiences and it needs to be focused on a collaborative co-construction with the child about what yeah. they wanted to learn, which absolutely makes sense at early years in comparison with those at secondary level saying, you know, well, children won't learn about things that they don't know about. Yeah. And it was the professional's um, responsibility, ethical responsibility, mm-hmm. moral responsibility to make sure that they had the skills that they needed when they left school. Because and the adults have got, the, the teachers have got the professional judgment they got professional judgment but they've also got an eye on where it's going yes and both of those points of view are valid and this is another of those arguments where it feels like an either or and it shouldn't be an either or why can't we have you know slightly different, different curi- curriculum yeah. model at early years than yeah. to at a level yeah, yeah, yeah. why can't we have a progressive cur- curriculum yeah. model that takes the best of both that it becomes more specified as time goes on yeah that maybe there's a fuller curriculum the higher up the school you get yeah so curriculum should empower learners that 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 was one of the things that they felt were was really important i don't think anyone would disagree with that that it should make sure that they are able to be uh, productive happy confident capable adults but that professional learning should empower teachers to be capable skilled competent curriculum designers and i don't think we've talked about that enough that it's alongside their day job teachers are taking on a whole new skill being curriculum designers there was a lot of lot of comments back in our workshop wasn't it when we asked about what your concerns that came up this came up in every single workshop is how will we know with what we're doing is it right okay now you know what you're doing is, is right because you have a standard mm. to measure it against or a worked example to work from. And we know that from what um, cognitive science research tells us about how learning happens is one of the most effective ways of learning and a way that manages your cognitive load and ensures progress is as swift as it can be is through using worked examples yeah. and non-examples. So you can see both what um, a good one looks like and what a bad one looks like and that's something that is really obviously absent from the professional learning that is currently available in in both Scotland and in Wales and there's this this narrative that one of the reasons that worked examples aren't provided is because oh well if we just tell people how to do it they'll they'll just copy it and they won't think for themselves but that's really quite insulting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That, that, oh, we can't tell you how to do it because you'll just copy yeah. and you won't do it yourself. But we could. Yeah. Let's start there. Yes. And then we can start being a little bit more innovative and yes. development and, de- and develop what we're doing with the curriculum from it, that it point. Just, it just feels so ineffective yeah. or so inefficient to say, no, 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 we don't want to give you the answer. You have to discover yeah. the answer for yourself. But we've got the answer here. We're not, we're not on our little card. We're not going to show you. Well, have they well, really? Have we really? Yeah. So there you are then. So you've got a 
a couple of resources there that I think are really, really useful and something that schools can be thinking about within their own school. How are they? How are you making sure that all of your staff know yeah. how learning happens yeah. and you know what learning actually is and and what your curriculum is going to enable children to know? Because we know that knowledge is something that that has been a bit of an yeah. issue up in Scotland that the OECD has recognised isn't, isn't working effectively. So maybe that should be the focus, yeah. knowledge, There's rather still, than the other things. About, isn't it? Yeah. But what, what was also interesting with that learning festival, there were other sessions yeah. that you could go listen to. And I know there was one on reading yeah. that I think would be really worth going back Absolutely. to have a look at. But and I know there, were, there were lots of others as well, which I think we need to go back and have a little trawl through and see. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we can learn from um, Scotland that would be incredibly useful is that they've got free professional learning that is accessible by anyone that's um, very, very interesting and very relevant for yeah. us here in Wales. Yeah. So the bottom line is Scotland is, is currently struggling to make curriculum for excellence yeah. work. They know something is not working. Yeah, so, so what is it? Let's, let's fix it. Yeah. And if, if there's something about curriculum for excellence that's not working and it seems like all of the things I'm mentioning up there are similar problems down here, then could it be the curriculum model? Yeah. Could it be? So watch this space on that one and see where, where okay. they go with that, which I think is interesting. So what's coming up for us this week? We are, because it's Thursday now we're recording this, because we're on a different day completely, Finn, because <laughs> we've been all over the place. Yeah. So yeah. we've got a day in the office again tomorrow. Woohoo. Yeah. Um. So we've got a nice quiet end of the week. But next week we're back again working with schools. We've got busy half term what, what's remained of the half term we're just starting on a, a very sh um, interesting contract with gl assessment looking yes. at their standardized tests and so watch this space on that one um we're back with morrison primary cluster we are for the first one for this term following what we did last year um we're back with cum Rumney, yes virtual this time with all their staff and i'm really excited because we're going to back to bishop warren Yes. Which we've worked with for a long time during COVID as well. So we love working with Bishop Ward staff. So we're back working um, with them as well. We're also in the middle of writing a webinar specifically about the disadvantage gap, what it is, what you can do about it, what you can't do about it, what's not your responsibility, what is your responsibility. Yeah. So that that's an exciting and I'm, sort of I'm uh, just element. starting something on GCSE readiness for mathematics, for an example, which is really exciting. So we have it's all it's all happening. I'm back in my comfort zone. So <laughs> There we okay. go. Well, that's another podcast sorted. So we'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.